Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Finnovate Podcast. Joining me today, we have Stuart Sopp, the CEO of Current. You may have seen Stuart on our digital stage at Finnovate Fall Digital last week. You may also recognize Current from the Finnovate Awards, where they won the Excellence in Financial Inclusion Award. Stuart, thank you so much for taking time to join me today. Thank you, uh, Greg, for having me here today. My pleasure. So for anybody who doesn't know about you, can you start with a quick 60-second overview of what Current is all about? Absolutely. So um, yes, Current is a uh, challenger bank based here in New York. Um, and the TLDR, before you hear my uh, dulcet tones, is we bank people without much money. People who are living paycheck to paycheck in America. That is about 120 million people um, living on sort of 55 to 65K household income, third of America. And of course, the, the pandemic of this year has, has probably increased that number. So current solves uh, a problem around cash management. When you're living paycheck to paycheck on a FICO score, say below 650, 600, you don't have the uh, luxury of managing your bills and, and your finances on credit rails paying once a month. Um, typically credit is particularly expensive for you. So you're living on debit card rails and you need to meet your financial obligations as quickly as possible. You need to avoid fees, those late fees if you've missed a bunch of bills, further debt and negative consequences that would be owing to uh, owing other people money and that could be friends and family as well. So we focus on uh, three things, moving money faster and cheaper than anyone else, managing your money so you understand and uh, you know where it's going and, and, and at what time. Um, and then really focusing on like how we can help you manage those bills and that, that sort of accounts uh, uh, payable at the back end. We're a more relevant and affordable solution. This problem has been, uh, this solution has been solved because um, banks here in America focus on accumulating assets, deposits, tons of reserves. There's no shortage of money in the system. And their business model means that they are focusing on people um, with those deposits. And of course, this large amount of, uh, of people in America living paycheck to paycheck, even in aggregate, don't have sticky deposits. It's all spent on the day that they get paid. So providing a particularly large opportunity for a company like Current to solve. Excellent. No, and the more I learn about Current, the more I'm fascinated by what you guys are working on. And, and we're going to come back to some of these specific pieces, but I'd like to take a step back and really talk about the way wealth inequality is being systematically reinforced right now in our financial system. I know this is something that uh, you are passionate about. Can you give a broad strokes overview of that problem and, and you know, just how pervasive it is? Yeah, absolutely. So being an old macro trader, I was a, I was a trader for many years. So I, I've got a very specific view from why this is happening. Since 2008, you know, we've, we've printed more and more money to sort of save the system, um, as we've seen. And that's had some perverse effects, meaning if you have assets, um, it has inflated them. So you had savings, you're, you're, you're sort of balancing your personal books and you can accumulate savings. Uh, and then you've sort of gone into investing. It's created the, the stock market rallies that we've seen over the last 10 years. We've just seen that again very recently. Um, if you are living paycheck to paycheck or and living slightly negative, so you're not balancing your books, you've, you've had to take um, you know, some debt to help. That has been good in the sense of you know, debt is fairly cheap, but it enables you to roll that into you know, quite a large uh, problem. Then you take the overlay of you know, wage deflation from globalization 
and you know that's a whole another discussion about you know trade wars and all the rest of it but that has uh, really painted a large demographic into a corner uh, meaning that yes you can work two or three jobs that are fairly low paying but uh, you'll have to take some debt as well and you're really never getting out of this spiral and so um, and then along with all the late fees and penalty fees that uh, typical services like financial services as well as telecoms and such uh, charge to people who can really pay it. It really reinforces, unfortunately, for people who are working very hard, Americans not being part of this American dream that was once for everyone uh, here. So very pervasive, a third of America and increasing um, because those forces have really not changed. And of course, you know, again, we could talk about the political sense of why, why people are trying to change this in, in various ways. Yeah, well, and certainly there are political uh, issues sort of right in the offing here. And there's the idea, too, that a lot of the administrations, a lot of government officials sort of look at stock market performance as the key indicator for what the economy is, how it's doing. Mm. Um, but obviously, that's not even close to the entire story. There are mass amounts of people who aren't involved, who aren't participating in that at all. And so, you know, a stock market recovery is not an economic recovery by any stretch of the imagination. And, and so, I mean, the size of the problem is, mm. is really quite immense. Um, how, how does Current address it? You mentioned a couple of the pieces that you, uh, in the opening, that, that Current is working on, but what are you offering that other banks aren't? And, and why does that help? Yeah, that's a really good question. The, the, um, the stock market is not uh, representative of the, uh, the real, real economy, and, and that has been an unfortunate learning for everyone, at least in the, at least this year, if, if they haven't learned it before. Yeah, in terms of products that we differentiate, um, when you think about the banks and their business model, like I've just uh, sort of narrated, their business model is really their core KPI is to go and accumulate assets and lend them out. Um, in terms of uh, this demographic, they're not very attractive to banks. So they have high fixed fees, overdraft fees, all sorts of other sort of uh, minimum deposits and things like that. And that's how they've got their effective interest rate. By differentiating to banks, it's been fairly easy. We are deposit agnostic. We do not focus on asset accumulation for obvious reasons. And so we've really focused on a uh, interchange model as well as getting um, in, in for our revenues so who are aligning ourselves with our customers on their spend because they're very spend focused. Um, faster direct deposits, really important. So when we see that file from the Fed, we, we've built our own banking core. And so when we see the, the employer uh, file from the Fed, we affect it immediately. And so that hits their bank account sort of a Wednesday if you're being paid on a Friday. And again, that helps that knock-on effect of negative consequences of not meeting your financial obligations in, in various bills and, 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 and people that you owe. We also um, are the uh, first and only fintech in America to offer points reward system on debit card rails. Uh, we just had a, a few merchants go live the last couple of weeks. For, for, our, um, for our members, saving money uh, is not an option. And also APRs and APRs probably don't mean much to anyone now for the next five years anyway, but it certainly meant nothing to our members. You know, having 10 bucks, 100 bucks on you know, in a savings account really didn't mean that you could, uh, you could meaningfully save and do anything with it. So the biggest savings that they will ever get are top-line discounts. So working with merchants, making sure that we can help on attribution and lift in terms of, uh, in terms of um, loyalty is a really exciting thing. It's democratizing effectively what uh, more affluent uh, people get through their credit cards, of course. And so being valued uh, is really exciting for, for our members. And 
Another couple of things, we do cash deposits. That may be weird in this more sort of uh, socially distanced world. But, you know, if you're trying to make ends meet and you're, you're, you're working two or three jobs, you're probably taking tips and a lot of those are in cash and or you're, you're doing odd jobs. Well, of course, if you want to rent a car or do something, go and see someone who's elderly or sick, you need a car. Uh, car rentals don't accept those. And so being able to deposit cash in a local area is extremely exciting um, and, and digitizing cash in, in, in some way uh, so that it opens up where our members could um, uh, could actually spend. And then, of course, gas hold refunds, which you know I'd love to go into, but one of our more nuanced products whereby at the gas station, um, you would uh, get the with authorization hold uh, credited back to your, your account as soon as, as soon as we see it. So opening up liquidity for our members. So really centered around like cheaper, faster money as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, it's, there's, there's a lot of different pieces there. Um, and, and one that really, I think people who aren't in this struggle don't appreciate as much as, as you probably would, would tell us to is the idea, you know, the, getting the liquidity that comes from being able to deposit paychecks two days earlier, you know, to yeah. a lot of people who are sort of on the right side of, of the, the curve, you know, the, the more privileged side of the curve, you just think, well, what's, what difference does that make? But I think it's worth exploring that. So can you talk a little bit about how big those two days could be, you know, the difference between getting paid on Wednesday versus getting paid on Friday and, and how important even that seemingly simple, um, I'm sure it wasn't simple to produce, to code by any stretch, but, but that simple step, how, how big of a ripple effect that can have? Yeah, it's massive. So um, I've had this conversation over, over many years now, um, explaining to people, you know, how how much of a difference even ten or twenty bucks makes to to someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. It's absolutely um, massive. And so when you're talking about, you know, payroll early, it turns up on a Wednesday night instead of a Friday morning. That difference means that now I can pay my my telephone bill. Now I'm now I'm not um, now my phone is on. Now I can go to work. So I'm I'm working for Lyft or Uber. That means that I can go to work. It means I don't have to go to an alternative financial services uh, sort of place to uh, get a payday loan for 200 bucks that costs, you know, 200%. It means that, you know, I don't get those penalty fees. It means I can turn on my electricity. Now my, my, now my refrigerator works, so I haven't spoiled my food. That would then have cost me another 50 or 100 bucks that, that was in there. And these, these stories are not one-offs. They're not one-offs. It's an unfortunate um, state of American life. When you're, when you're not balancing, uh, you're, but you're not being paid enough is, is clearly what the issue is. Um, we're not valuing people's work enough. Um, and there's not enough protections, but that we, we could talk about that. And so, you know, they're having to live always in a crisis. We've all had to live in a crisis this year, and, and our members always live in a crisis. And for them, they're always trying um, to, to make sure that they go positive. And so it's extremely stressful. Um, they don't have the right tools, and not enough people are trying to build things to help them and lift all boats in, in this economy. And so, um, you know, the knock-on effects are just gigantic. It's thousands of dollars a year uh, when, you, when you sort of add this up. And when you think about thousands of dollars a year sort of uh, post-tax on an income that is sort of like, you know, 25 to 35K, well, that's, that's a significant uh, difference to their life. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. And I think one thing that, you know, there, there are maybe some positive aspects you can take out of the current situation with the pandemic. And, and one thing that I hope people take away is, you know, what it feels like right now to be in this moment, you know, that to experience this type mm. of crisis and to feel this uncertainty. And I think everybody right now is feeling it. And yeah. for a lot of us, it's, it's a new feeling, right? It's something which we're struggling with for the first time and, and it impacts every aspect of your life. And, and then to you know, be able to take a step back from that and think you know, the, the massive percentage of Americans for whom that feeling is not new, 
for whom that this, this level of stress, this kind of pervasive undercurrent yeah. of uncertainty is, is always been there. And then thinking of what that does to your overall quality of life and your ability to be present when you're home with your family and your ability to make plans for the future and to anticipate being able to move to a you know, new home at some point or build some sort of brighter future. It's, yeah. it's really... Uh, mind-boggling to to think about it, and so you know maybe, and I sincerely hope this. I hope that everybody who mm-hmm. is experiencing this kind of feeling for the first time would would take a moment and think about people for whom this is their everyday life, for whom this has been a decade or more of, of feeling it like this, and and obviously you know the the lack of progress being made um, by government, by anybody who's looking to reform the system. You, and again, we could talk for a great length about those factors. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to kind of humanizing people and, and letting them, letting everybody have this idea that you can build for something, you can save for something, you can get to a, a cleaner financial future. So, um, you know, it's, it's really impressive uh, what, what you guys have been doing. And it's really easy to see Thank why you. you were selected by our judges as, you know, for, that, for that excellent in financial inclusion category, which is an incredibly competitive category, which again is really positive for the state of fintech to see so many people, so many companies targeting financial inclusion and really doing excellent work for you guys to come out on top of that pile, I think is, is very well deserved. So um, yeah, I, uh, I, I realize we, we've gone a little bit over our time here, um, which is totally fine. I think we could probably do another two or three episodes easily together and, and have <laughs> a good conversation. <laughs> but we will leave it here for today. Current is the name of the bank. Visit current.com. Check them out in the App Store. I've been speaking with Stuart Sop. Stuart, thanks again. Been a really pleasant conversation. Oh, thank you, Greg. And thank you very much for the award again. It's greatly appreciated by everyone at the company. Thank you. You're very welcome. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.